everybody's waiting for somebody to invite us into a relationship. We just don't have the courage to be the one to ask. So be the one to say, hey, I'm doing this thing once a month to start uh, just to get together with people I love. Would you want to come? Thank you is what most of us would say, even though we're too afraid of, you yeah. know, to, to ask them, yeah. any of us can do this. Welcome to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Zentz. I am a wife and a mom on a mission. I've got a passion to help women discover practical ways to apply the power of God's word to our everyday stuff. I truly believe that our walks with the Lord should be seamlessly intertwined with our everyday lives. It should affect every move we make and every breath we take. So come on, let's do life together. You've got this, cause he's got you. Hey friends. All right, let's do episode 94, if you can believe it, of the Intertwined Life podcast. I'm glad you're here. This was a really fun interview. So today you're going to listen to my interview with Robbie Engel. And Robbie has so much experience in churches, in groups, in organizations, in the whole mission work, all the stuff. But his focus is helping people build community and trust in the Lord and not be striving, but receiving what he gives, how to walk in that passionate, powerful walk with the Lord without feeling like we are always exhausted, trying so hard to make it work and how to do that together. So he is the CEO of True Face Ministries. Trueface has equipped people to discover the joy and the peace of living beyond the mask and building trust in God and others for almost 30 years now. And Robbie, he didn't start, you know, 30 years ago because he's my age and well, we would have been a little young for that. But <laughs> Robbie also has experience as a small groups coordinator, discipleship minister for a very large church where he was in charge of the structure the growth, the thriving of over 800 small groups. I'm in charge of that for my church, but it, we don't quite have 800 groups. <laughs> so this guy has a lot of stuff that we can learn, but we're not just talking about churches. We're not just talking to those who work in churches. We are talking to anyone who is excited and ready to gather and grow, get your people and grow in relationship with the Lord and community with other believers. There's gonna be something here for everybody. I know you're gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Robbie Engel. Okay, well, Robbie Engel, welcome to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Thanks. Exciting to be on it. So Robbie is an author, a speaker, and the CEO of True Face Ministries, correct? Yep. All right. So Robbie, I'm going to let you jump in. We're going to be talking today about one of my very favorite passion points, I like to call it, which is discipleship and the need for it. And it's kind of a church in these words. So we will break that down more. But before we head into that, I'd love for you just to share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and your, your high hobbies, where you're from, your family, whatever you want to say, just to let us know who you are and how you got to this point in your ministry. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I've been married to Emily for 18 years and we have eight kids. Whoa. Uh, we, we, they're we're coming up eight, 18 eight years, years and we've only got two. So, <laughs> Hey, my wife, uh, we were dating and she said, Hey, I'm adopting. Uh, what do you think? And I was like, perfect. That's been on my heart for, you know, forever. You're hot, whatever. And so, uh, ended up, I thought premarital counseling, we said four, 
And then I ended up with eight in eight years, five adopted, three bios, wow. um, six boys, two girls. And my, wow. so we had eight, eight and under at one point, but now they're 14 oh. to four, uh, four, no, 13 to almost five. Wow. Uh, and my 13 year old twin just passed me in height. So oh, yeah. I've got a 14 year old daughter and she is like five inches taller than me, but my husband's like yep. 14 inches taller than me. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So we oh, we are in a really fun season of parenting and it is a lot of time and expenses and exhaustion and mm-hmm. um so that's a ton of fun. Um I've been I'm 40, so I'm in my midlife adjustment trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And I've been all over the place. I thought business was uh the toughest ministry field to represent God where Satan's greatest tool of money has captivated our hearts. So I wanted to be a missionary in the business world. And then I ended up in disaster response work with Samaritan's Purse doing international stuff. And then my wife talked me into counseling uh, to be a counselor and to go to counseling. And <laughs> I was like, baby, you're a counselor. You be like, you're sweet and empathetic and a good listener. But um, God knew I needed a few years of practicing full-time empathy and asking good questions and loving people uh, because I'm a eight Enneagram uh off the charts, high drive, high achiever, firstborn son, all the issues, mm-hmm. right? And uh, God knew I needed that practice to be um, more loving to people. And I'm still struggling with that in a lot of days. And after counseling, I ended up at a church. Uh, really, my heart is uh, around how we, how God has designed us to grow through the context of relationships. But I look at the Capital C Church, and I see a lot of us struggling to grow through the context of relationships, which is a big problem in the church. And a lot of our churches say life groups, cell groups, home groups, something to remedy that, to help create environments that are conducive for spiritual growth. But the problem is most small groups are lame. And so big opportunity, (laughs) big problem in the church to work on that. And I got to do that in a big church, uh, North Point Community Church outside of Atlanta for a lot of years. And then, and I was using all of this teaching by these, these old guys in Phoenix called True Face, Uh, John Lynch, Bill Thrawn, Bruce McNichol. I was buying so many books that eventually I got to know them. And they asked me to come take over this 28 year old nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And so I've been here four years. I've survived founder transition and (laughs) We develop grace-based relational discipleship resources to serve individuals and the churches to experience deeper relationships with God and others. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. And I was, before we officially launched the show or whatever, I was telling you, you know, I'm the director of discipleship at our church and we're a four-year-old church that is seeing favor of God growth. And it's really exciting, but that's where we are is building that structure in our church and building healthy small groups, but not just random groups all over the place, you know, but a structure for that. And so I want to talk about that. I'm so excited you're here. I feel like we should just do, forget everybody else. We just, (laughs) I just need all your help. But let me ask you before we really go down this trail, for those who are not speaking church right? Those of us who were born in the pew, we get all these words, but would you break down when we say discipleship? One, what is it? And two, why is it important for everyone listening? We're not just talking here to church leaders who need to build small group systems, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and the church feel free to call it out because it's super <laughs> weird and confusing. But it, you know, being a disciple of 
anything just means becoming more like that person, thinking, doing, living in a way of something. And so a disciple of Jesus is I am growing in my um, relationship and likeness of Jesus. And so I hope as a disciple um, of Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus is a simple way to, to say, who are you a disciple of? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And so I'm a follower of Jesus. So discipleship is just how we as sons and daughters of the King, as Christians, as Jesus followers, um, practice mature in our intimacy with and um, likeness of Jesus. And yeah. so, uh, or we can just use Jesus's definition of discipleship. Uh, in John 13, 34 and 35, he get, he boils down the Christianese better than anybody. <laughs> and he's like, look, y'all, it's this simple. Love God and love others. By this, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. And Absolutely. so I think a, really a pretty, the evidence of, effective discipleship is by the way we love one another. It is, mm -hmm. I read, I read the Bible and I'm, I'm like Christians of anything should be known, should be differentiated from the world should be, you know, stars in the sky, cities on a hill, mm -hmm. um, known by the way we love. And so discipleship is evidenced by love. A definition is just, you know, becoming more like Christ. Yeah. And it's that gentleness, like, I mean, I'm sure you and I can agree there's so much being done in the name of Christ that is not Christ-like, you know, and this, no. this angry Christianity, you know, <laughs> whatever that is, that is so not Jesus. And so I, I think that sometimes people think, well, the really strong Christians are the wackos, right? And that's not what we're talking about here. If you're actually going to follow Christ, Christian means Christ-like, yes. and being a disciple, a follower, someone who walks daily, not just like take a class from him, right? Yes. But to daily, consistently walk alongside and learn from someone, you're not going to be angry, screamy, yelly, mean Christian. Like that's not, that's not Christ. And I think yeah. that even the ones that, we see as, oh, the real committed Christians, they probably need a little discipleship because they're not acting like their leader, right? Yes. Jenny, and I, I think what you're saying is really important. And ugh. like, this was also unpacked for us. Like, what is the, 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 Jesus says, by this, they'll know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. And then he says, what is uh, the fruit of the spirit is love. Yes. And I like to read that as love, dot, 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 or colon, mm -hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, mm -hmm. kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That is a descriptor of what love looks like in relationship, which is what you just said, not uh, how well can you exegete scripture. And sorry, mm -hmm. disciples, you haven't memorized 29 verses yet, and therefore you're not in the club. No, he doesn't say any of that in the fruit mm -hmm. of the spirit. It, it is, this is what it looks like. And this is what we get to become hopefully experts in. And this is not of our own by his grace is just yeah. like, we can't force ourselves to be more peace, joy, patience, kindness, good. Like mm -hmm. we can't serve enough, give enough, study enough, memorize enough, like to find those things, which is even that, that wild aspect. And that's a, th this is down a rabbit trail, but the way of following Jesus is so fundamentally different than any other religious discipleship initiative yes. because of the posture of receptivity and trust, trust in God to be in 
be in us and through us what we can't earn or deserve or find in and of ourselves. So discipleship even distilled down from love is found through trusting and receiving who Christ is in me. And because he knew we couldn't even be that. And so he did it for us. Even that's even like uh, the, the wild differentiator of this way of disciple, being a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's the thing I was just having a conversation. So I said, my daughter's 14 and I had another one of her friends with me in the car and we were just heading into TJ Maxx. And I think it was my daughter's friend. She asked me a question, something along the lines of, you know, what do you say when people ask if you're religious? I was mm-hmm. like, I tell them I hate religion. And so did Jesus. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, you know, Christians, not Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. So, I, you know, obviously we're rabbit trailing, but I think we're both really passionate no, about this that that's really really like I, I think we've got to hone in on this because before we go practical on discipleship yes. relational discipleships grew whatever a church does without the healthy ministry philosophy it looks fundamentally different yeah so let, let me unpack what you just said a little bit Please. further into a and b options right. option a which is how and i've been a pretty awesome christian most of my life like missionary <laughs> in northern pakistan like wow. s- did seminary like I, i've got the gold stars right yeah, yeah. but s- so much of my life it's been through an unhealthy understanding mm. of of my relationship with god so option a is okay god made us for relationships of love sin happened it broke relationships of love and so I respond to that by saying more right behavior plus knowledge equals godliness. I want to, I want to sin less, do better, know more about the Bible and I'll be better with God. I'll be closer to God. I'll make right what I broke out, you know, sin less, do more and learn more. That is like the equation of discipleship that a lot of us grew up with. And a lot of our churches live by now, the problem is that is anything but biblical, Option B is we have broken relationship. Jesus redeemed, atoned for our sins, and therefore we are already made perfect with him. And so the key to discipleship would be through trusting and receiving who he is in us and what he did for us. And so that difference is like majorly important. Um, In the cure, uh, the signature teaching of, of true face There's a quote that says, do we see ourselves as sinners striving to be saints? Option A, sin less, no more. Or do we see ourselves as saints who occasionally sin? When Mm. we see ourselves as as righteous, redeemed sons and daughters of the king, then discipleship following Jesus looks like trusting and receiving, not earning and striving. And so when it comes into discipleship and the following Jesus, most of my life, it's easier for me and my pride to try to earn back what was broken, do more, sin less, learn more. And that's what I thought discipleship was, but, but this new this way of following Jesus is really about trusting and receiving, not earning and striving. Mm-hmm. And that is a very different foundation to build a discipleship culture at your church, at all of our churches, in our lives, in our families. And I think Jesus is pretty clear about this. In is it John 15? And and he's like, hey, this is it, y'all. Uh, I'm gonna sum it all up what this way of following Jesus and discipleship looks like abide. Yes. Abide, abide, abide. Yeah. That's and it. I had just written Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom and all this other stuff will happen. Right. Yes. It's not about do, do, do. It's about no, 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 know him, 
lean yes. into him, walk with him. And the other stuff comes out of that. Yes. And we, yeah, we spend so much time trying to do everything right and do all the stuff and check all the boxes and we're stressed and we're anxious and we still don't feel like we're enough because we are not enough. Right. Yes. Leaning into him, trusting in him. And like you were talking about, I mean, we just, this goes obvious for most of us, but for anyone listening who doesn't miss the first part, the fact is the, we are made righteous in Christ when our faith is put in him. We are not born that way. We are born sinners in need of a savior. So if you're hearing this, know that the first step is accepting Christ, knowing that you can't do it on your own. You can't be good enough. We can never be perfect to be united with a perfect God. Thus, Jesus took our I, sin, gave us his righteousness. And I've tried, Jenny. I was oh, yeah. I was like uh, FCA president, Young yeah. Life student staff, like missionary in Northern Pakistan, Al-Qaeda territory. And I was so disoriented mm -hmm. and broken inside because I was mm -hmm. functioning under that equation of God, I, I need to do more, be better, learn more. And he's just going, I did it for you receive. And, and so yeah. a lot of us listening to this, uh, are, are feel stuck in our relationship with God and with others. And yeah. 20 bucks says that is rooted in our theology and our identity. Our, our theology Christianese just means how we think of God. All theology means is like, how do you see God? Mm -hmm. And option a, those of us in option a, which is still me, most, a, a lot of days I wake up wanting to be in control of, uh, my salvation and my sanctification of, <laughs> uh, you know, do better, be better, learn more. And so a lot of times I see God as a disappointed, uh, upset father, a judge waiting for me to get my crap together. Yeah. Taskmaster, sin more, sin less, do more. Yeah. But option B, I see God the way Jesus saw him as a loving father who just likes me and he loves me. He just <laughs> smiles at me and says, that's my boy. And and so that theology view of God, think about the connectedness of how we see God and how we see ourselves. Mm -hmm. See, when we see God as a judge, we see ourselves through a lens of shame that says, I'm a screw up. You do better before you can be cool with God. Mm -hmm. If I see God as a loving father who loves me just the way I am, I see myself through a lens of, of grace. I see myself as a saint, as uh not having to strive or earn, but just to get to receive and enjoy and abide with yeah. him in relationship. So yeah. this foundation, uh, if we're stuck in our, you know, wanting to actually experience this stuff uh, of that Jesus made possible and to experience his love and to love others, then 20 bucks says it, that the key to the inner, the intertwined, interconnected, healthy life yeah. is found in replacing the lies of how we see God in ourselves with truth. And we get in and God has designed us to practice that and to remind ourselves of truth in the context of relationships and community. That is the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia. And that hopefully is a segue for you, Jenny, because yeah. I know I'm rambling about no. theology, but that's the key foundation and we it's can go perfect. practical from there. It's perfect because where do we get the truth? Okay. So somebody's listening like, okay, it sounds great. Uh, do I make up this truth? Do I get with other people and talk about what we think truth is? Do I pray and just feel like, what do I feel? What do I think God is telling me? Truth is what? Getting in the word, right? Yep. And that is our truth. And that is our foundation. And that is the only thing that isn't dependent on how we feel, you know, or what we do. That's our truth. And so that does segue perfect into discipleship. Why get into smaller groups? Why come into community? 
Yeah, because I am inundated with lies all the time from the world, from my pride. You, you know, we are constantly in in becoming like Jesus need to replace lies with truth. Mm -hmm. And I can't, it, it is more effective to do that with objectivity to each other. Um, yeah. You know, we, we have the gift um, and we are designed to mature in the context of relationships because we need the objectivity, the reminders, the strength of others. And that is, that is against the current of everything in our society that's pulling us towards individualism, yeah. isolation, busyness, all of these uh, patterns and currents are, are really making it difficult for us to experience the, and grow through the mm -hmm. types of relationships that we long for and that we're designed for. And mm -hmm. groups, so, and let me be clear, relationships lead to growth. Groups do not. Groups are simply a vehicle for relationships to to grow and to mature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, so you're we're defining. How are you defining when you say groups? Can you just people are like, what the heck? What group? What group? What did I miss? <laughs> so, a lot of our churches rightly set up environments that are more conducive to be known and loved which just means smaller environments that have a, a more organic opportunity for relational connection. So I think, you know, anywhere from three to 12, um, that where, where it's the size where you can have consistency and intentionality to be more known. You're, yeah. You might call it cell group, life group, home church, whatever, uh, whatever you call it. It's just an environment that's more conducive for intentionality and consistency among brothers and sisters who are on this journey of following Jesus. There are two keys to relationships. Uh, this is super simplified. Uh, consistency and intentionality. So if, if Jenny and I were to have a relationship, uh, we would have intentionality and consistency uh, with my kids, with my wife, with God, intentionality and consistency with yeah. new friends in my life. Um, I can be consistent with uh, my fantasy football guys, but not intentional. Sure. And I can be intentional with my high school buddies once a year, but not consistent enough to reap the benefit of those relationships. That's good. And so when we get together, so if God's designed us as the body of Christ to be left arm ligaments and right knees and together be the body and be the part of the kingdom of God uh, through, you know, which is God's plan, then we need each other. And a lot of our environments, um, it, any of us that go to churches of a couple hundred people or more, um, that's a that's an environment that is more conducive for learning and corporate worship than it is for processing truths, becoming more known, practicing love uh, with others. Yeah, yeah. Our pastor has a great saying. He says, you know, some things can happen in circles that cannot happen in rows. Yes. And it's it's so true when we gather together. And we have open dialogue and open discussion. And the more you gather, the more intentional, right? The consistency and the intentionality, you're right. That's what builds, but that's what transforms from a group to relationship and a yes. community, right? Because that's where those connections are made. And so, and for those listening and you're like, a church doesn't have small group, or I don't know where a small group or what a group system or a cell group or a life group, all you got to do is find your people. If you've got a couple other people that you know actually want to get 
to know God more, want to spend a little more time in his word, want your life to reflect what God's called you to do. And you're trying to figure it all out, get in a group and figure it out together, get in a group and go through the word together. That's where it starts. Right. That's right. Oh, I love, I mean, it's just so that, good. And this is right. for everybody, right? This is, for, this is, yeah, go ahead. And, and all of us long for this. Let's be real. We, we want our people like it, we want our people to be at our bedsides, carry our casket, that connected, intimate relationship, because we have this longing to experience intimacy. Like I want with my my eight-year-old Titus, like I want to experience intimacy and connection with him, with my wife, Emily, with my close friends. And, and it's just harder. We all want this. We just don't know how to find it. And so a group with it is just a something on the calendar to prioritize time with other believers. Don't overthink it. And like Jenny just said, find your people meet with intentionality and consistency. There is, you don't have to read a book, get the best practices, like do group, right? Well, I'm not trained. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know this and this and this. No, get your people together to say, Hey, let's, let's share and let's mature in this, in this journey together. Mm -hmm. And th there's a couple of byproducts of what happens in those relationships. In those relationships, we then get to support each other's strengths. We yeah. get to encourage each other towards our unique gifts and callings and passions and purposes. And we get to protect each other from our weaknesses. Mm. I, I don't like accountability because that, that word typically is correlated to like sin management, behavior <laughs> modification, but yeah. um, grace-based accountability looks like protecting weaknesses of like, yeah. hey, Jenny, I know I've been watching this and I know this is a struggle of yours. How can I help and come alongside you? Um, mm. it, those benefits are just healthy guardrails and accelerators for each of us. And we that's one of the byproducts of what we are looking for and need, which come through relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's only by knowing that you're loved, you know, that you guys have are coming from a place of love that you can speak into each other's lives like that. And you just can't randomly walk up and see somebody and be like, listen, I know you've been struggling with this because I've been watching you, you know, but when yep. you know the source and when you come into community with others and the development of the relationship, it begins to be sprung from love. And, and a really practical example of everyday life can be, you know, friends who maybe scroll a lot on social media and maybe they've told you how yucky they feel after scrolling. And then you notice they've been doing a lot of scrolling and you're like, you know, I noticed that. How are you doing with that? Is that yep. still okay? That's you right. know, and, and just checking in, but also being open to humble yourself enough with each other, right. To let each other speak into your life. It's not always going to be easy, but our walk with the Lord isn't always supposed to be easy. Growth is rarely easy. There's such a thing yep. called growing pains for a reason, right. But being willing, being ready, are you ready to go to that next level? Then let's do something about it instead of just sitting around wishing I was just talking to my daughter yesterday and I know it, it could be John Maxwell, but it's probably somebody a long, long time ago, but that a goal without a plan is just a wish. Right? Yep. You've got a and, goal. And you, right. <laughs> and I was telling uh, my best friend about uh, how in this season I needed to prioritize Emily a little bit better mm -hmm. and a goal without a plan is just a wish. I was like, Hey, I got to prioritize Emily. You know, I got eight squeaky wheels in the house and my <laughs> wife's pretty low maintenance. And so it, you know, just prioritizing each other and, and pursuing that time is, is hard. And he was like, well, you know, there's one answer to whether that's going to happen or not. And mm -hmm. I was like, 
dude, just tell me. And he was like, is it on your calendar? Exactly. If it's not on your calendar, it's not going to happen. It's a wish. And so, so with groups and relationships, a lot of us are listening going, man, I want this like room of grace, these relationships of high trust where we know each other and love mm -hmm. each other and are doing mm -hmm. life together. Where do I find it? What do I have? Look, the bottleneck is you can figure out a way, but is it, if it's not on your calendar, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And, and it is, it's that simple. And oh my gosh, all these rabbit trails. I love it. So I've got a group I call G4 and it's girls growing from glory to glory. And I started this group six and a half years ago for young girls and their moms for us yep. to come together in Bible study once a month. And it's been six and a half years at the, when we started, the girls were ages six to 10 and now they're 11 to 16. And we're still gathering once a month and the moms are with us too. And we're growing together and it's so cool. But why that happened was because I was praying, God, I want my daughter who was seven at the time to have families where she's friends with people that in their home, Jesus is Lord. And when she starts going through middle school and high school and all this stuff, she knows she's not alone and she's got these relationships. And I always knew women's ministry, adult ministry. That's my zone. I do not do children's ministry. I had to, I love mine. That's about where it stops, you know? And I'm praying for these friends for her. And God says, go get them. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I mean, that's, wait yeah. a second, God, don't you know that's not my zone? But oh my goodness. So sometimes when we're praying and we have a desire, go get your people. And it, resources like Right Now Media, we love that. If anybody doesn't have, there is a link in the show notes right now. You can go get your own free account gifted from our church of Right Now Media. And it's basically this whole plethora. It's like Christian Netflix or Christian YouTube. And all you got to do is call a couple friends and say, hey, do you want to get together like on Tuesday and eat some chips and salsa and watch this 20 minute video? <laughs> right? It's yep. that easy. It, it's, it can be that easy. And, and even easier than that, like how to create the bones of a group that is that is that community that could be transformational it's hard to segue from not having your people into that community of which you can support right now media so trueface partnered with right now media to oh, build nice. a study to segue your group and build a healthy foundation of grace and and commit an intimacy in your group it's called embark and it's free embark. and it's all uh, we partner with right now media to build this study to help launch or reignite a group. And it's ah. a six week study and it's on right now media. Uh, ah, and true face has true face has, uh, five small group studies on right now media that we've awesome. partnered with them on. So it, awesome. Yeah. You, you really have no excuse if you can get <laughs> the resources available as well as the practical, um, the, the, the guide to help you implement, a culture of grace and a foundation of trust at the beginning of a group, which is really critical because yeah. you've got a few weeks if you're pulling your people together to say, where are we going? How are we going to get there? And again, th the resources, Jenny, we were talking about uh, the book I wrote for small group leaders on how not to be lame. Those five <laughs> principles are embedded into Embark. Embark is the companion launch of the book, The Cure for Groups, to awesome. help small group leaders yeah, create environments in these communities that we're talking about. Oh, this is so, this is so good. So literally right now we're talking to the stay-at-home mom who's doing her laundry and her kids are all over the place. And she's like, I have no connection. And we're talking to the church leaders. I mean, the whole gamut there, no matter where you are and what you need and where, how you're struggling, these are practical steps to dig in and begin that intentional discipleship journey of your own. 
Because we can talk about Jesus, we can know about Jesus, we can go Sunday and check our box, but if we're not consistently and intentionally showing up for our walk with the Lord, you know, it's not going anywhere. There's no roots. There's no roots. So yep. this is great. Um, how about, let's see. So you talked about being fully known by others and how we can do that. Have we pretty much covered that or is there more to unpack in that one? Yeah, I think, I think that's there. And I just want to let you know, this is hard. Whoever's listening going, man, why don't I have intimacy with my friends, with my, you know, family? It is, this is the essence, the core of formation. We will mm. never arrive. And so exhale and say, I'm right where I should be on this journey. God has put this desire in me. And I want to take a step towards a deeper relationship with God and others. And this is hard. Mm -hmm. Practicing, like becoming more loving is hard. And so <laughs> uh, a step is all any of us can take any day. And so you know, I, I, God has designed us to grow through the context of relationships, but relationships that lead to growth are really hard to come by yeah. organizationally. If you're a church leader, listening to this, that's hard to create things that, that lead to growth through relationships as a norm, not an exception. And if you're an individual, this is hard. And so part of the mission of true face is to help equip individuals and churches to experience deep relationships with God and others by creating tools to make it easier. So small group studies uh, are tools to help you apply truth in the context of relationships, because this is what gets us unstuck. We yeah. know about God in our head, but we don't experience it. Yeah. And so uh, there's a principle, trusting truth transforms, knowing truth mm -hmm. informs. We get plenty of that on Sundays, podcasts, mm -hmm. books, blogs, mm -hmm. knowing truth informs, trusting truth is a relational application of truth in the context of relationship with God and others. That segue is where so many of us are stuck. So start practicing love in relationships. And we have small group studies. We've got Embark to launch a group. We've got uh, something called the True Face Conversation. This is a pitch, but this is a tool to what yeah, we're talking on. about. Yeah. So I was in a group and we said, we don't know how to, like, I'll have um, coffee with somebody. And it's like, man, that was awesome. I want to be besties. Like <laughs> this guy could be my guy. Uh, and girls, you know, you've had coffee, you've met somebody and you're like, I want to, man, that was easy chemistry. Mm -hmm. But the gap between that meeting and like the type of fr friendship and relationship you're longing for is wrought with us having no idea how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so we built uh, a true face conversation. Uh, it's eight conversations to take a step deeper in your relationship with God and others. And so cool. a conversation is a five minute thought that sets up three open-ended questions because questions are the secret secret to accelerating connection and depth and a good question. And it's hard to ask a good question. So we just provided them. And somebody asked, okay. said, Hey, can you help me one-on-one -on -one go deeper with people as well? That's good. That's really and so good. It, you can find that and it's available to help you go, Hey, do you want to do this eight conversations? And by the end of that, you will be closer with that person than 95% of your friends. Uh, that. It, it's so there's tools out there because it's hard. And I just want you to hear yeah. this is hard. We're all struggling with it. We're right where we should be. And just taking a step is what any of us can do. Yeah. 
tools and grace, <laughs> right? Yep. Taking a step. It sounds like these show notes are going to be the perfect place to start because there's going to be so much connected there. Everything that Robbie's talking about, we're going to connect to and have it there so you can quickly get to it because sounds like Oh man, I, I love this. Like I'm just listening, thinking I didn't even know all this was here. So I'm so excited myself to dig into it. Um, so who should consider gathering people and and kind of I almost hate to say leading a small group because some people feel like, oh, I don't, I'm not ready to lead, but facilitate, you know, whatever yeah. you want to say, get the ball rolling. Who should consider doing that? Um I, I think our shame says we're a screw up. We don't know enough to lead yeah. that. That's a, we can facilitate. Oh yeah. And Jesus's model of leadership look like asking good questions. Yeah. And so you can facilitate, which means create an environment. And, and if you are hospitable, that is one of the greatest X factors of what differentiated great leaders from lame leaders. That mm. was way more important from uh, what I evaluated in, in what in great groups than those who knew more about the Bible. And so some of the things that we think about that limit us, I would just question um, because what I got to do is study 800 small groups. I was responsible for 800 small groups and whether those were effective or not. So for years, I evaluated what differentiated the great groups from the lame groups and what groups led to spiritual formation growth as a, res as a norm and what became supper clubs or lame environments that people, you know, couldn't wait to stop going to. Mm -hmm. And so there were some consistencies of best practices and those are all in the cure for groups, but there are things like, um, determining your destination, just clarifying where you're going, what your hopes are as a group to get people to weigh in in order to buy in, to verbalize their expectations. Because if you're asking people to give 60, 90 minutes a week, we gauge that through opportunity cost in our busy lives and go, well, what's the point? And is it going to be worth it? Talk about that at the beginning. And that, that differentiated the great groups from the lame groups. Uh, another component is as a facilitator, the key thing that differentiated the great leaders from the lame ones was whether they modeled vulnerability Mm -hmm. insecurity of their identity as sons and daughters of the King. They, they were secure and said, here's the real me. And yeah. because I'm loved by my father and therefore I can be my real self with you. So if you can model vulnerability, that is a, a, a secret sauce mm -hmm. to facilitating a group and clarify the guardrails and the hopes and how you're going to engage with each other. Say simple things like saying, Hey, this is going to be an environment where we ask questions and we don't fix each other. That's mm -hmm. all you need. And the ones that verbalize that and set guardrails and to shape the culture um, were were better. Um, and and when you're leading a group, and this is a tangent from what you asked about who, but any of us can do this, and any of us can do these things that made the best leaders out of 800 that I saw. These are the principles, the components of great leaders that really move the needle. The, the fourth is that they stewarded their time well in the group. You know, a lot of groups we've been to, it's like you you talk about whatever for 30 minutes and you're like, okay, we're supposed to, somebody says, okay, let's segue and like learn something. Uh -huh. So you you open scripture, you watch a sermon, you watch a study on right now media, mm -hmm. and then you go, okay, you talk about it for a couple of minutes and then you go home. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you that's not effective because you're not 
asking good questions to leverage your connection time. And then you're not segueing what you learn into application by a mm -hmm. simple question, like what faith step is God inviting us to take? Ooh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Watch it. Stop talking about what you think about what they said and transition to your heart, which is application of going, God, what faith step are you inviting us to take for me, me to take? Uh, and with those guardrails of don't fix and ask follow-up questions, that that environment starts becoming fertile soil for growth and fellowship. And and the the, the last component, component five, was planning ahead to get where you want to go. Meet at you know three times the beginning of summer august september or in january and say hey let's plan out the next four months what do we want to do what do we want to study mm -hmm. um you can plan out a few months at a time you can put an overnighter on the calendar a service project whatever uh so that every week you're like okay what do you want to do this week we just did it you know just mm -hmm. plan with intentionality anybody listening can understand and implement these principles of facilitating a group that leads to transformation. And that is really fun to be a part of because that's missional work. Sure. Sure. Mm, that's so good. Okay. And you just did your five components. There we go. I love it. This is so good, Robbie. It's not rocket science, but it is difficult. And, and there's nuances of leadership. Mm -hmm. Like leadership is an art not a science and there's consistencies in how we lead in secure built on a foundation of view of God and view of self. Like we started this podcast with, mm -hmm. if the foundation's right, then how to facilitate and lead others is, is Jenny, what you said of like, go find your people. Everybody's waiting for somebody to invite us into a relationship. We just don't have the courage to be the one to ask. So be the one to say, Hey, I'm doing this thing once a month to start uh, just to get together with people I love. Would you want to come? Thank you is what most of us would say, even though we're too afraid of, you yeah. know, to, to ask them. Yeah. And then once they're in a group, study embark, uh, launch embark, or, you know, have these conversations uh, that are all set up for you um, in, in how to facilitate and ask the right questions and get their way in and buy in of what they want the group to be. Any of us can do this. That's awesome. So... I'm going to pivot just a little bit here and ask you a question. So two things that always seem to be big barriers when it comes to getting people in small groups. Number one, we can all guess I'm too busy, yep. right? People not either finding or making time. And sometimes you really are in a season. Sometimes there's seasons, right? But sometimes there's also a way of life that you tend to always be too busy to prioritize growing in the Lord. So there's that. So I'll be interested to see how you usually respond to people. And then the other thing is men. <laughs> most I have a feeling most women listening right now, and I have a feeling because I've done a lot of personal research and time we're talking with, with my people and a lot of others. And we notice that by and large, on average, men do not see the need for community. They don't seek it out. They might go golf together, but not a lot of men are all gung-ho about getting into a small group and like feeling and talking and right. So those two things, those are the two barriers I seem to press up against a lot. What do you have to say about those two? Ooh, let's go. <laughs> I, 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 I cut my teeth in ministry to men uh -huh. uh, at, at North Point. And so, you know, engaging men and activating men into relationships 
there's some guys listening to this that are like, it, well, there's consistencies with men and women are, it, it, are that it's difficult. Sure. And so we built the true face conversation to help segue depth of relationship. But every guy's longing for this and wanting this. We, we dismiss and diminish the need of it because it seems out of reach. And so we we enter into the ruts of normalizing a lack of depth of relationship, but we want it. It's just hard to find. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't want to be critical of groups, but um, guys don't do groups and don't want to do groups because it's not worth our time. Yeah. Like yeah. Yes. we gauge opportunity costs and this is the same for women, but I think I know confidently for guys, it's mm -hmm. just not worth our time. Like you're mm -hmm. asking me to show up 60, 90 minutes a week for what you got to clarify mm -hmm. X like outcomes, the destination, why are we meeting and what's the outcome in my life? And then it's got to be effective in doing that or else I'm going to do something else with my time. Yeah. And so there. So I, I think you can't, you know, market or like get people into community. We've got to uh, like create environments as churches and as individuals that are so attractional that we say, this is way more important than the other stuff I'm doing. Um, I do something called hot dogs at my house once a month. Um, three and a half years ago, I was with a mentor, Tim Baker, and we were having breakfast. He's 60. And we said, what pisses off the evil one? Like what real, like, what is he, when does he sweat? Like, when does he get really nervous? Yeah. And our breakfast conversation was an, an intergenerational group of guys who get it, who love mm. Jesus, that get together. He's like, oh crap, what's going to happen? And so we were like, let's do that. There's not enough environments for an intergenerational group of guys who get it to come together with intentionality and purpose. And so I emailed a bunch of guys and said, Hey, I'm, I'm cooking hot dogs Thursday night. Whoever wants to come over, come over. And about 25 guys showed up uh, and I cooked hot dogs. And we said, Hey, y'all want to do this next month? Uh, Cause this was really fun. And I, I get Costco hot dogs, bags of chips, waters, and paper plates. And we eat hot dogs from seven to eight with a little music in the background, super low key. And then from eight to nine, we segue and somebody shares something that's going on in their heart or in their life, not teaching, mm -hmm. preaching, but just like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. And they ask a couple of questions and we discuss it as a group. And we've been doing it every month for three and a half years. That's awesome. And it's amazing because, and there was a guy at, we did it at the fire pit a couple of weeks ago. And there was a guy who came first time ever and was like, I've never experienced anything like this. I'm I can't believe I was invited to this a couple of years ago and I didn't come. And this yeah. is a typical guy who's not in group, not talking about his feelings, not talking about anybody, anything, but there was an environment that was so safe and like easy. And yeah. he, he opened up the first time and said, I'm never going to miss this again. I can't believe awesome. I thought I've been alone this whole time and didn't, you know, like, and y'all are all on this, like thinking the same stuff. And I didn't know anybody else is out there. So mm -hmm. just creating environments that are conducive and purposeful. Uh, let, we're not like, yeah, it, it, we're looking for that as guys. And so I, I don't think that's helpful for, um, the, the men listening, create that environment. Don't wait for somebody to find it. Just be the one to, to provide that for others. And for the women listening to this, you can't, I, I wish I could 
give some tips and tricks to encourage your husbands or support your husbands in finding or valuing community. I don't know if you can say or do anything for that. Um, you comes can, across as nagging, right? Well, <laughs> more times than not. <laughs> well, it triggers shame in us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, one of the best marriage therapists that I ever knew, she said, I said, what's the key to you leading men um, and engaging men? And she said, I never trigger their shame. Mm. And so if mm. there's insecurities that we have, we want relationships and we don't know how to find it. And we feel pressure because we're, we don't, we're not giving you enough time as our spouse. We're not giving our kids enough time. We're not giving work enough time. And so we're failing across the board. And so we're going to hear from that. Oh gosh, I know I don't have time for friends. And well, it's either you or work or the kids and all these things I'm on thin ice on. And so if you go, Hey, you should do that group. Then I'm here and I know, I know you think I don't have, and I need it to grow. Cause I'm not being, I'm not leading the family spiritually. I'm not as far as I should be spiritually. So I should join the group. I hear you. That mm -hmm. triggers like where I'm failing. Yeah. And so it, I think understanding that trigger, uh, my mom and dad, I was talking to my mom and dad the other day. And my mom said she was telling my dad something and she was like, and he got angry and didn't listen. I was like, yeah, cause this is what he heard. He heard you are not doing this good mm -hmm. enough. Um, and, and she goes, oh yeah, I, I did not mean that, but I think that's what, you yeah. know, I, I think he could hear that. So yeah, man, this is worth a podcast. I, I, know. I need to think through the lens of the spouse a little bit more. Have to have another to, episode. To, yeah. I, yeah. I think God's always encouraging time away with guys and intent, like the, the one thing will kill it quick is okay, I'll watch the kids alone. If there, yes. if there's a chance for them to build a relationship, celebrate it, Yes, yes not yes. verbally, but just like make the way for it yes. because there's a lot of barriers and yes. there are tools out there. Oh, I'll tell you what, I will, Bose Cafe is the best book I've ever read. And it's from the authors of The Cure. You know what? I know that book. Have I read it? I know it from a long time ago. It's an older book, right? Yes, every men's group I had in all of North Point, we started with that that book. And it casts a picture, a compelling picture of what we long for and, and the importance of it. Bose Cafe by John Lynch, Bill Thoreau, Bruce McNichol. If you email me, I will send you, you know, there's discounts on trueface.org. If you don't have the money, I'll send you one for free for the sake of activating men. Awesome. Um, and the, the Audible's amazing. So I think, you know, a book... It's a fictional book, so it's less triggering of shame. So you mm -hmm. could get them that book for Christmas. That is the that's probably the most strategic. You buy them that book for Christmas. Say, hey, I talked to, I heard from some guy yeah. that this yeah. is like his favorite book of all time. I don't know anything about it, but here it is. And yeah. you did. That's you heard from Robbie Angle uh, that it's the, one of the best books for this. So that's a, that's, that's an opportunity or the True Face conversation with him. You could do the True Face conversation with your husband. Heck yeah, and. And it would be three questions that you ask him and listen. And he, three questions he asks you, if you do the conversation among couples, um, it will be a tool to guide to intimacy. And then that tool he has to go do with another guy in his life. Mm -hmm. And those two guys will be closer. It's real easy for them to invite two other guys and start a group because they That's do cool. the conversation, get a taste of the value of relationships at depth. And so- yeah, you could lead out that way by just going, Hey, you want to do this thing with me? Um, yeah. 
this men's ministry guy built this thing. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, you could, you yeah. could give it that way. Or you could even tell him like, what do you think about these questions? Are they weird? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let him, let him critique. Is the guy on point or is he way off base? You know? yep. I, I tell guys, I don't know if this is appropriate in the intertwined life. You can edit oh, it out. It. But I, I tell guys, I'm like, hey, if you want to get laid more, do the true, fa- the true face conversations. <laughs> because you're going to have like eight in, in like open, heartfelt conversations, uh-huh. which we all know our wives are uh-huh. looking for. And he's so like, he sees me, he loves me. He cares. Yeah, he's asking, he's <laughs> listening and asking all these questions. You don't even have to come up with the questions. We give it to you. It's and so, so that's it's my, so uh, that's my pitch to guys. I don't yeah. know if that'll work. Oh yeah. Oh, please. Something that, is, different for girls. that is very good for the intertwined life. Are you kidding me? We're intertwining <laughs> every aspect of our life. That's right. I mean, that's right. There's, there's a secret to a healthy marriage and a lot of it happens in the bedroom, right? Yep. So, that's so a, we'll do that podcast next. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's please, let's do that. Bring our spouses on here and see how they feel about that one. That'd be, oh, gosh, that'd I love be it. awesome. I Emily love won't it. come, but yeah, um, Tim wouldn't either. He'd be like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let Emily and Tim have the conversation. Yeah. All right, man. Is there anything we haven't hit on that you're just dying to say or that you wanted to make sure we got into this episode? Yeah, I didn't even talk about the True Face Journey. The signature offering of True Face is called the True Face Journey. You can go to truefacejourney.com, but the truefacejourney.com is the thing that changed the culture of groups at North Point. We start okay. it's just a leader development pipeline. And okay. so if 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 I'm wherever I go, if I, where whatever church I'm at, if it's like, hey, you want to discipleship, you want to move the needle in discipleship of your church, I would say launch a true face journey group to develop a f- pipeline of quality yeah. and quantity of leaders. It's slow and unsexy because it's nine month commitment. You meet once a month for three, three hours. Wow. It's amazing. Good. And you would love it. So oh, I'm definitely going to look into that. You, like personally, you should really, you would it it makes it so easy and you can put your fingerprint on it, white label it. Cause I built it for myself and I'm not going to do anything nice. prescriptive or whatever. Like we're yeah. going to, we, we need a framework to make it more effective, not fill in the blank stuff. So yes. I built it for me and I, I, I follow the initiative every year and it's like, I do a group every year and it's the coolest. Oh, that's great. Part of, oh, so. I love that. You should right. that sounds really amazing. look into the truefacejourney.com. Churches are using that as a leader development pipeline. That's that's the best thing we got. That's awesome. Okay, I will definitely, definitely yeah. check that out. So much good stuff. I'm so glad we've connected. This was a lot of fun. This is fun. I feel like we could probably talk all day. <laughs> this is great. Oh, yeah, I love I, this. I think uh, for the small groups, uh, we do consulting strategy for small groups. Uh, The Cure for Groups is a resource for small group leaders. If you're a small group leader facilitator, it's an easy, short read because nobody wants to read a book about being a small group leader. We get it. But that will equip you to feel more confident. And and the True Face conversation is on the True Face Life app. Um, so we have an app on the app store, true face life, and all of our resources are there. If you okay. don't have right now media and you go to true face life app, all of our small group studies are there for free. And Excellent. we have a new, uh, by the time this airs, it might be out, um, a new true face conversation, how to walk with somebody through unwanted behavior addictions, mm. because we don't know how to do that as the church. We, we, we turn to sin management and fixing and accountability, which doesn't work. We don't need a cop. We need a cardiologist. We need a friend to walk with us around the heart leading to the unwanted behaviors. And so I got an expert, uh, and, and we 
had conversations and I picked his brain about what, how to walk with somebody through unwanted behaviors. It could be spending porn, um, eating, whatever that would be. And it's, it's grace-based accountability with a different lens. And it's a tool to help people, uh, walk through that. So all that stuff is on the app. That's awesome. We'll have all of that linked up for sure. So, I mean, obviously I always wrap up the episodes with certain questions, but I feel like the whole episode pertains to the first ones. What is one simple, practical way that tip that you could give listeners of how to intertwine their walks with the Lord and their everyday life? I'm going to give a new one, how to, how to intertwine our life of what we know and what we experience. It mm. is by asking God, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do mm. by, by thinking differently in prayer of our, our relationship with God through a lens of more listening and a good question helps us have a posture of listening and we, we talk at God a lot. And so, and we wonder why our relationship is in, in non-existent or we don't feel anything with God. Well, if you talked to somebody, you wouldn't have a good relationship with them either. Mm -hmm. And so how do we shift into hearing from God and, and, and being with God and enjoying him in relationship with him? I think the questions, God, I'm in this environment. What do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Um, creates a listening environment to have a more intertwined life. Very good. Oh, that's good. I felt like one time the Lord told me, you know, yeah, you run to me and you tell me all your things, but then you run off before I have a time to talk back to you. <laughs> it's yep. like, be still, <laughs> sit down right. for a second. Listen, no, that is very good. Um, and what is, I mean, you have tons of resources you've already given. So what's number one thing if they're like, okay, start here. Very first thing, where would you send people? Um, the, the true face podcast or the true face life app or okay. trueface.org, any of those. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And where can everybody find to connect with you? You really want uh, all these people emailing you? Trueface.org. Yeah. Email me <laughs> Robbie at trueface.org. R-O-B-B-Y. <laughs> uh, awesome. but yeah, uh, trueface.org is where you can find uh, all right, that perfect. stuff. We're on all the social stuff, but that's the best place. Gotcha. Start there. All right. Sounds good. Well, this was so good. I feel like there's, there's more. Is there anything else, anything else to get out there? Yeah. My life episode. first. Oh, thank you. I, where did it go? Yeah. I was, I was that's ready my, with this one. Oh, here it is. That's my, it's usually my number one. And it was on the other side of my notes paper. I was like, that's my favorite question. Okay. Mm, we're going to insert this one. All right. My favorite question to ask the guests, do you have a life verse or a verse that is especially bringing you life right now? Yeah, it's, uh, been with me since I was like 10 years old. Uh, and it's James four 13 through 17, really the gist of it says, um, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What's your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. It's that urge, like life is short. God's the only thing that matters. And this is an adventure we get to be a part of with God for his kingdom work. And so one day at a time, trying to be present, all things I struggle with and trusting mm -hmm. him with the outcomes uh, today and mm -hmm. trusting him with tomorrow uh, is just been something that has been a bearing for me that I need every day uh, mm -hmm. as I as I live in the future too often and yeah. carry anxiety and purposes. He goes, eh, you know, today, or, you know, you, you might not even be alive. Trust God. <laughs> and we're on this adventure with him of trusting him and he'll take yeah. care of the details. So good. So good. Thank you. I'm so glad you remembered that. That's like, 
I would, I knew I was missing something. That's <laughs> like the best part. All right. Awesome. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Hey friend, if you enjoyed this episode and you got some good stuff out of it, there's a few options you have. One, you could click that little subscribe button because let's be honest, who's got time to remember to check back and see if there's a new episode, right? So click that subscribe button and then when a new episode comes up, it will just by the magic of the internet pop up in your Dropbox and it'll be right there for you whenever you're ready. And also, if you would review this podcast, oh my gosh, if you like what you heard, get on there, give it a five-star review. If you didn't like what you heard, just pretend it never happened, okay? <laughs> but if you would do um, a review for me, just take a couple seconds and do that. Not only would I be crazy excited, but also it would just be a great way for us to partner together for you to help this podcast be seen by more women out there. And you could be a part of helping more women discover these practical ways to apply God's word to just everyday stuff. So I would love it, love it, love it if you could help me out in one of those two ways. Mm -hmm.